Hi, welcome to The Little Way, the podcast where small changes can make a big difference. I'm Drew. And I'm Jessica. And now we roll that intro music. guys uh welcome back to the little way um so this week um we have a fun topic i think it's going to be um one that doesn't require a lot of in-depth thought after last week's kind of um Mm -hmm. mind and soul stretcher um and before we get into that though we're going to do the weekly whiskey absolutely And this week, I have Rittenhouse Rye. It is a bottled and bond whiskey, which means it's been aged at least four years. Um, It's made by the Heaven Hill um, Distilling Company. And it's it's got a lot of what I would call fall-like flavors, kind of like a dark caramel, um, a nice kind of... Um, oakiness to it. It's got a, a sweetness to balance it. And also kind of a little bit of like spiced flavor to it as well. Kind of like your cinnamon type spice. And, and it's one of those whiskeys that it's really nice that it gives a lot of good flavor. It is relatively inexpensive too. So I mean, it's $27. So you can't really beat it. Um, I enjoy it a lot good i have a um a question about aging um i know nothing about whiskey but when you say it's been aged is that before it's been bottled and and so after it's been bottled does that mean it no longer like like the aging no longer like it it's not like it can age longer in the bottle. No. So, so it, when you age a whiskey, you take it off this. So you're taking it right from the still and you're putting it in an oak barrel. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, typically oak, there's some other woods that are experimented with, but predominantly oak. Um, And it sets in there. And then when it is bottled, it is the aging stops. So you do not gain any more age once it's in the bottle. So if it says it's been aged four years, it's sat in an oak barrel for four years. Okay. That's Just, a long I, time. I would ass- so I would assume the same goes for wine, even though typically they don't give age statements for wine. 
Right, right. Well, there's right. the vintage, like the year that it was. The vintage date means something, though. Yeah, and that's the year where the grapes were harvested. Right, right. Okay, that's true. I guess that. Okay, very cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. All right, so the topic today is our favorite saints. And I only brought one saint uh, today. Um, I think Drew brought a couple or a few saints. And we thought that maybe we could just mention them as well as maybe a, a few facts or stories about their life, um, maybe some quotes and um, any other thoughts that we might saints and today i bring my who is also my confirmation saint and this is saint therese of Lisieux. she's also known as saint therese of the child jesus or saint therese of uh the little flower and the reason why i chose her um as my confirmation saint was um I guess being in high school, I wasn't real. Uh, it, it wasn't real profound about my choice, but I love the fact that she was called the little flower. And as a gardener, that automatically catched my attention. And one of the, um, she has this quote that she's pretty uh, no, well known. Hold on, I got to find it real quick. Um, I thought I highlighted it, but it's looking like I didn't. Oh, here it is. She said, Jesus deigned to teach me this mystery, and he set before me the book of nature. Now, all the flowers he has created are beautiful. How the splendor of the rose and the whiteness of the lily do not take away the perfume of the little violet or the delightful simplicity of the daisy. I understand that if all flowers wanted to be roses, nature would lose her springtime beauty and the fields would no longer be decked out with little wildflowers. And so it is with the whole world of souls. Jesus's garden. We willed he willed to create great souls comparable to lilies and roses, but he smaller ones, and these must be content to be daisies or violets, destined to give joy to God's glances when he looks down at his feet. Perfection consists in doing his will, in being what he wills us to be, end quote. And so she is also... Um, the namesake for our podcast, The Little Way, uh, because she, her, her mission or her, um, her message to the world with her life is that um, to be a great saint must be something attainable by like the common man. Always like the big grandiose, uh, the grandiose works of um charity you know it can be as simple as 
doing every act with great love. And yeah, so not, not everybody has to be a St. Paul. Right, right, right. So she compares herself as one of the little wildflowers. Um, and, you know, maybe like Pope John Paul II would be like a rose or a lily or St. Um, Mother Teresa um, would be another wonderful rose or lily. And we all have our own mission from God and to accept that is one of the greatest acts of love that you could ever give is to just simply do the will of God with great love. And it sounds simple, which it is, it is simple, but that doesn't mean it's always easy. Um, and that's one of the things when I, when I think about her life, um, um, and, and further, uh, um, and for the record, she only lived 24 years old. So she didn't even live that long. You know, that's another thing is she became one of the greatest saints of all time uh, just by living these short 24 years here on earth. Um, but she also learned that she wanted to do good on earth from heaven. So she started to realize that desire in her heart is her real mission would begin when she reached heaven, when she would start doing um, good on earth. Um, so that may be part of the reason why she lived such a short time on this earth. I want to share a couple quotes here that I did highlight. Um, and this goes along the same lines as her simplicity. She said, you know well enough that our Lord does not look so much at the actions, nor even at their difficulty, but at the love with which we do them. Um, so sometimes doing things with love can be really difficult. Um, I'm trying to think of it. <laughs> she, well, go isn't ahead. Isn't there an example from when she was in the convent that there was a nun that always gave her a hard time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, go yeah, ahead. And, and then, you know, and then, you know, and, and but she always treated this nun, you know, as a person should be treated. And then after Therese died, you know, this other nun was greatly sad and they asked her why. And she said that her best friend was gone. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Because Therese, St. Therese like treated her probably, you know, with more kindness and civility than the other nuns. Um, yeah, so uh, after her death, her St. Therese's sister, um, her blood sister, compiled all of her writings into a book called The Story of a Soul. And it's a really good read. I recommend it to everyone. And it's 
it's really like simple reading. It's, it's not really, um, difficult to understand. Um, and that is one of the stories that she talks about in her, in her writings was this difficult to get along with none in her convent, you know, sort of treated everyone badly. Um, and Therese uh, was determined to do everything, love and civility. And she did her best to bite her tongue, you know, when she wanted to like snap back and, you know, maybe say something snarky. She was uh, determined to treat this very, to get along with none. And it's, oh, it can be so difficult, like, uh, to be, to do that, you know, like, uh, we all have that one coworker. (laughs) Right, right. But, and, and, you know, you say coworker, but this was someone she lived with day in and day out. And it's, when you're in a convent, it's not like you can just, you know, (laughs) move out. Yeah, you're there. (laughs) Yeah, you're there. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. But I forgot, I forgot about the, the point where you said that, that nun was sad when St. Therese, her friend was gone. And, you know, on the exterior, that nun you know, had a really hard shell, but on the inside, she was probably, you know, whether she might've been hurting for whatever reasons, um, whether it was depression or anxiety or just, you know, a dark darkness of the soul. And, you know, whereas other, some of the other nuns could have, you know, dished it right back. St. Therese treated her with kindness and respect and it went a long way. Even if St. Therese never got to fully realize, you know, the effect she had while she was still on earth. Mm -hmm. Well, and now that she's a saint and we can also hope that that other nun has now became a saint that, you know, they share that beatific vision together and they know how much, they meant to each other right yeah yeah exactly um i think that was there was another quote um i don't have a whole lot else i want to share because i want to give you some time to talk about your sayings but there is one quote that kind of made me chuckle saint therese said I will have the right of doing stupid things up until my death. If I am humble, I remain little. Little (laughs) children are not damned. (laughs) And so I was like, yes, how much can I relate to that? Like, um, you know, I, I give myself such a hard time for doing stupid stuff, you know, cause it, I, I try to like hold myself up to this ideal of being perfect and I fall short of that 
so much. But if I just humble myself, give myself some grace and, you know, lean into the grace that God has given me, um, it, it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Yes, very much, very much. You know, we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. Or we, we don't we don't have to be what we think is perfect all the time. Right, right. Absolutely. So I'll leave it at that for St. Therese. I, I could go on and on about talking about her, but I want to encourage you all to go check out her memoir. Um, it's a compilation of all the writing she did in her time at the convent and it's called the story of a soul and um, very easy read, simple read. And that's my favorite saint. How about you, Drew? All right. So the first one I'm going to bring up is uh, St. Hubertus, uh, more commonly known as St. Hubert here in the United States because we like to shorten things and that's what we do. Um, he is my confirmation saint. Um, there's not a super amount about him, um, but what we do know that he was the Bishop of Liege uh, in Belgium. And um, where the big, I, I think, culmination came where he became a saint, like the defining moment was he was hunting in the woods and he had his bow and arrow there and he was tracking a deer and he saw the deer but what he also saw in this deer's antlers was the crucifix and when he had saw this it was kind of a turning point in his life that he was not he, because he had consumed himself so much with his love of hunting that he forgot everything else. And it was a sign to him that he needed to do, um, to focus more on the Lord, you know, and hunting was good. Not that hunting was bad, but he was putting so much of his time in it and not focusing on, you know, why, why it was good and who gave this gift to him. Um, that he, you know, became ultimately the Bishop of Liege. Um, and if you have ever seen a bottle of Jägermeister, I don't know if you know what that is, Jesse. I, I do. I yes. am, I'm starting to put two and two together here. But go ahead. Yes, the, the infamous licorice flavored Jägermeister, their logo is actually inspired by St. Hubert. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So a very, very kind of one of those interesting things that um, how Catholicism has uh, perforated popular culture. Um, and so, and I, I don't, I think very few people have looked into um, the meaning behind that logo. Um, but it's just kind of cool that, you know, it shows up there. And another thing that um, St. Hubert is often credited with is um, modern ethical hunting practices. Um, 
And so because Hubert was such a lover of hunting, but also he inspired, um, you know, ethical hunting, not um, just like shooting an animal. And if you didn't kill it, just letting it run off and shooting another animal type of things. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, the, he's really inspired those modern ethical hunting practices. And I think for me in my life, you know, knowing that it, it's probably, you know, I'm not exactly a hunter. Um, you know, I do enjoy shooting sports, but I'm not a hunter. But what a lot of people don't know about me is that I am definitely an animal lover. Um, for a long time, I wanted to be a veterinarian. Um, that changed when I found out um, how incredibly stressful being in a veterinarian is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, that's one of the ways that he relates to me is that I do love the outdoors and I do love animals a lot. Um, you know, and, and he's also, I think, the patron saint of mathematicians. I don't know how he got involved with that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how we, we like to do that. Um, his feast day is November 3rd, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it's November. Um, so, yeah, um, just a really cool and neat person um, that kind of reminds you to live um, in an ethical way, not only with how you treat people, but how you treat the environment around you Um, because I think so often um, when we do read the gospels and we go to mass we forget that the earth that God gave us is also one of his creations Um, because it's not outwardly stated that you know because you know we read the gospels and it's how we you know how Jesus interacts with other people and we forget that um, God also created the earth for us and that we should be good stewards of the earth. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's cool. I'd never really heard of him. And um, I think that's really cool that the connection between the Jägermeister and his vision in the, in the hunting um, that's really neat. Yeah, yeah. And then the other saint um, I have is Saint Padre Pio. Don't ask me to pronounce the city that he was from in Italy because I will botch it so terribly bad. <laughs> um, but he, what's interesting, you know, first of all about him is that he lived, as far as most saints are concerned, he lived rather close to our lives. Um, St. John Paul II, um, when he was still the bishop in Poland um, and Cardinal, actually met with him. He knew Padre Pio. And so I think when we usually think about saints, it's these people that lived hundreds of years ago, and they're very removed from us, and we don't feel like you know, we can connect with him as far as a timetable goes. But with St. Padre Pio, we definitely can um, because of when he lived. Um, And if there was ever a saint for these trying times, I definitely think it would be him. 
Um, he is credited with being the patron saint of um, anxiety. And I think that's uh, something we have a lot of um, in this day and age. Um, and he also, um, when he did meet um, with um, St. John Paul II, he knew that he was going to become Pope. And it, it's, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, how, how would you know that? Like, how would a Polish cardinal become Pope? He's not Italian. So there would, and there had never been a Polish Pope before. So it was very interesting that that's who became Pope. Um, and for Pio to know that is just remarkable. Um, he is also known for having um, the wounds of Christ on his hands uh, most of his life. Um, and he often wore gloves because of that, because these open wounds on his hands. Um, just And I think, too, if I'm remembering uh, correctly, there was an also an instance of him bilocating, um, if I I'm remembering yes. correctly. Um, yeah, there's actually several instances of him bilocating. Which is an absolutely incredible phenomenon. And I wouldn't that be just absolutely cool if us as regular people, that was like something that we could easily do. Right. I mean, uh, for, I, for those who don't know what that is, can you tell can you tell our listeners what bilocating means? So bilocating is actually one of those things that um, we didn't give a fancy name to. Um, it simply means being seen or being at more than one place at once. So somebody actually confirmed that they saw him at two different places at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm surprised as Catholics, we didn't give it some fancy, crazy Latin name. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of those easier things, uh, you know, not necessarily understand, but know what it means. And how this happens, we frankly don't know. Um, yeah. God is able to give these people that have done it a special ability that um, he, for some reason, sees fit that they need to be at these two places at the same time. Um, right. You know, and for me, I just think, well, wouldn't it be nice if I could uh, go to work and get groceries at the same time? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I would waste it on something foolish like that. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah, just, you know, and he too was very, a very simple man. Um, there was nothing about his life that said um, grandeur or uh, holiness. He he was um, just a very very simple person, um, mm -hmm. and but very joyful throughout his life too. Um, he you know he, if I if I got the wounds of Christ on my hands, I would be greatly distressed. 
yeah, <laughs> he was, he was very, um, people loved him. Like they, they would, uh, they just, yeah, they just loved him, his personality. Uh, I can't remember. Was he just like a, a parish priest or no, was he, he in a, he was in a convent. Um, oh, okay. Or not a convent. Um, um, like a monastery. Like. A mon yes, thank you, thank you. I was okay. like convents, convents for sisters. What's the monastery? <laughs> um, um, but yes, he was in a monastery, um, and he was, I believe, he was rather low level at the monastery too. He wasn't, he he wasn't like the the head of it or anything. He was pretty yeah. low level, He's just a member. Yeah. Yeah, and I understand like he was the doorman <laughs> at some point. Okay. You know, just letting people in the door. Um, yep. You know, and yeah, you know, the the just the simplest things, you know, just God chooses to use them. You know, and probably because, you know, I would say because their lives aren't cluttered with things that don't matter, you know, these simple people that know how to live simply, they only focus on the things that really, truly matter. And, you know, that's probably a good reason why God chooses to use them because they don't ignore him. Yeah. You know, it's, it's these people that, you know, aren't necessarily seen as great or powerful or terribly important are the ones that become most important because they don't ignore God. Right. Yeah. Gosh, I would love to have more simplicity in my life. Like <laughs> I think cell phones uh, and social media have just like overcomplicated everything. And sometimes I just want to like throw my phone across the room and just like yeah. disconnect. But I know yes. if I threw my phone across the room, like running back over to it in like five minutes trying to check something. <laughs> so hard. Yeah, we let ourselves be a slave to it, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and it is a useful tool. Yeah. You know, not, not to say that it is 100% evil. It just depends on how you choose to use it. Um, right. Oh, yeah. There's nothing like inherently wrong with cell phones and social media but it can become addictive and mm -hmm. I mean, it gets to the point where it's like you know gosh just like having to be connected and like getting that hit of you know the dopamine hit from, yeah exactly oh, somebody like my post yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's just like it, it can be hard and I, you know, gosh, even you, you said he was a doorman. I'm like, that would be an awesome job. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I just want a job where I can just open the door for people, you know, like even our job, I'm so like, like, complex and like i don't know yeah i i i could go off on a whole rant <laughs> oh yeah yeah you know having to worry about logistics and and you know 
where do I find what? And, you know, how can I get it here in time? And how can I get it at the right price? And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. All the things. Yeah. <sighs> and, and I think I think one of the things, one of the quotes from Padre Pio that he is absolutely most known for is pray, hope and don't worry. Yes. Because and, and I think that rather succinctly sums up his life too is pray, hope, and don't worry. Because ultimately, if we're doing the right things, we're gonna get taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So that is the two saints that I had. Um, if you guys would like to connect with us, um, we are at the little way pod at gmail.com. Um, I would love to hear what your guys' favorite saints are. Um, I don't know about you, Jesse, but I would definitely like uh, to hear what some people's favorite saints are. I know I have more than just the two that I mentioned Right, but there is so many that if 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 I touched on all the saints that I love and that I find <laughs> inspiring, um, I think we would probably be recording for a good five hours. Right, and there's no reason why we can't do another episode of our favorite saints. Yes, um, yes. I'm I'm glad you talked about Padre Pio because I thought about doing him as well as Saint Therese, but. I decided to just to stick with one and and um there are some other saints that I would love to talk about um like uh Saint Mother Teresa oh my goodness like that would be that would be a whole episode if we talk about her just a lot of the saints that people know like in common culture like Saint Nicholas and Saint Patrick mm -hmm. and saint valentine um you know those are the big holidays that got named after people um as well as like saint joseph um obviously mary is a saint um but we kind of think of her as a super saint mm -hmm. um and gosh there's just you know um yeah, for the united states uh saint katari uh Tekawetha. Yep. Yeah, you know, there's there's just so many, and there there is saints that have came from every continent on Earth. Um, so I mean, there's even um, you know even saints that are in heavily um, Muslim uh, areas now. Like there's uh, saints from Egypt, even. Um, mm -hmm. So, and we don't we don't think about that um, because we think of you know I I, I know at least. Um, through my thought processes, when I thought, thought saints, I thought either apostles or people in Europe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, which isn't necessarily true because there are saints from everywhere. Yep. Absolutely. And our ultimate goal in this life is to become a saint. 
Yeah. And, and, um, just to clarify for some people, um, everyone who makes it to heaven is a saint, whether they're recognized or not. And so, um, the saints that we talked about today are obviously, you know, recognized as saints. Um, but the true definition of a saint is someone who has made it to heaven. Yes. So, so they made it, you know, yeah, your, beyond, your beyond grandma purgatory. or grandpa who have passed away, um, if they have made it into heaven and seen the glory of God, they are considered a saint. Yes. Yes. And um, I think also another common misconception is when you go to heaven, you become an angel, which isn't true. When oh, you get no, into they're heaven, separate creatures. Yes. Yes. Angels and saints, two totally separate species. Um Saints have had a physical body. Angels have never had a physical body. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, so good stuff. Oh my goodness. Well, we'll <laughs> have to we'll have to do this again. Um so we yes, can we will because as I'm looking at the time here, I'm going to say this is probably going to be one of our longest episodes so far. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Yes, and I think it's good that it is one of our longest episodes because all these holy men and women of God that have become saints are great examples of how we should be living our lives. Yes. And, and they, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that not only are they examples, but they can also be our spiritual friends so like saint therese can be someone i call upon in prayer to help me or to intercede for me and um so yeah they, they can be our friends as well as our examples and it shows too how exciting of a life you can have without sin because frankly, sin is boring, sin is repetitive, and it's the same old things over and over and over again. But look, if you look at all the saints and how much diversity and how many different things they did, and these were all incredibly holy men and women, it's like, wow, doing the right thing is fun and exciting and adventurous. Oh, yeah, for sure. So with that, I think we have come to a good stopping point. So until you hear from us again, remember to stay faithful, stay humble, and that every little change can make a big difference. Do things with great love. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.